0: Welcome to episode two of Polycast. I got the chance to sit down with Dennis, who graduated from Cal Poly in 2017 with a degree in software engineering and is currently working as an iOS developer at Intuit. He has quite the range of experience through various internships and class projects, revealing a passion for what he does. My name is David Kozik, and you're listening to Polycast. All right, Dennis, thank you for being here. So I'd love for you to just give a little description about yourself, what you're kind of doing right now, and how your experience at Cal Poly was.
1: Cool. Yeah, hey, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so my name's Dennis. Uh, I currently am a software engineer at Intuit, the per- like the finance uh, software company uh, up in Mountain View. Uh, I currently do iOS development for the application called Mint. Um, it's like a personal banking and finance application. And I graduated from Cal Poly, uh, 2017, uh, spring of 2017. Uh, graduated with a degree in software engineering. So slightly different than computer science, but okay. uh, along those same lines. Uh, software engineers usually do a lot more like applicative. Uh, you know, they they have a lot more applicative experience. Uh, people that have a computer science background. Do a lot more theory and a lot more uh, kind of science-related things, so that they can potentially go into being professors or like researchers or things like that. Okay. Um, yeah.
0: And was that pretty evident in your classes, as far as doing these hands-on kind of things, or?
1: Yeah. So with computer science classes in general, usually you do have a lot of projects. But I noticed towards the end of my degree that people that were in software engineering had a lot more projects that were you know still going uh, and we had like a we, we would do an entire project you know from beginning to the end so uh, i remember one of the classes that kind of sticks with me is is uh, the, our capstone class that we did we basically were tasked tasked with like building an application and we were we had to see the application from beginning to end so you have to do all of your requirements engineering which is like you know, talking to a customer and actually going out and figuring out, hey, what is it that you actually want, right? Because you got to figure out what it is that you you want to build, and then you actually go through and build the product. And then we talked a little bit about like maintaining it. We didn't necessarily do any of the maintaining uh, because we're students; Correct. we're we're not here forever, you know. So we kind of just handed it off and talked about what it would be like to maintain a product like this, and then just continued on. But it was probably one of the coolest experiences. You get to actually see a product all the way all the way from you know, beginning to end its life cycle. Mm -hmm. It's not something you get to see usually until you get into the industry.
0: Now, especially with software development and all, it's a lot of coding. And so, especially with Code Academy, YouTube, all that stuff was, how was your balance as far as learning things outside of school and in classes? And in your classes, did you get full kind of coursework and course loads of learning languages of coding and all?
1: Yeah, so, in terms of classes, I think, um, I think I learned like, a lot in classes, and the thing that I really appreciate about the coursework was kind of the conceptual knowledge that you get. Um, I think Cal Poly does a really good job of it, uh, you know, applying those theories now to actual products you know, and projects like in your classes, but there was a lot of outside work that I think I did specifically in order to make sure that I was taking these concepts and like, applying them in the right way. Uh, and all of, all of those things you actually said, like uh, Codecademy and like Coursera, like I've actually done a bunch of those courses before, and like they're really really useful because they're not just teaching you the concepts; they're teaching you how to apply those concepts and giving you resources to be able to do those things. And um, I think here at Poly, a lot more of my like applicative things, like things that I use in my everyday job are things I think that I learned more outside of school than I did in school, which is slightly unfortunate. You know, you kind of hope for, you know, you hope that in your classes you can get everything that you need to be able to be a successful, um, you know, member of the working workforce. Uh, But sometimes, I think, and this isn't just for software engineers, I think it's, you know, for everybody, is you kind of do have to do a little bit of outside work in order to really solidify those concepts and and really figure out how to apply these concepts to your everyday life.
0: And just when you're in class, having that background knowledge, being able to see, oh, you can utilize it for all these different things, than just getting what you're getting in class.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, did you have any faculty members that really stood out to you at your time in any of your classes?
1: Yeah, I'm probably not the only one that's going to say this either. If you do <laughs> interview like other computer scientists, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, Janssen, uh David Jansen is like one of my favorite teachers like he so he was the guy that ran our capstone class and he was really really good professor in that he helped you along the way but made it tough enough for you to have to figure it out on your own so he gave you just enough right just enough to be like hey this is what I'm asking for and now like you go off and do it and figure out how how you want to do it and that's really awesome because that's essentially what you're doing like in your job right Right. like you have a uh, a manager or a product manager who's Says like, hey, this is what we're trying to do, and kind of they come to the engineers and they're like, this is this is the idea. How do how do we do it? And then you get to go off and figure it out on your own. And so it's I I really do appreciate. I think a lot of the learnings that he was able to provide, not just me, but like countless countless students.
0: And it seems like a lot of your projects are all team based.
1: Yeah, they really try to do uh, collaborative assignments in a lot of the computer science classes. Um, because that's what you're going to do on your job. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. I think, though, I might be kind of a, a weird case. Uh, my current job, I'm one of the only people on my project. So it is kind of weird. You go through all of your classes, and you are doing all these collaborative assignments and everything, mm-hmm. and then you get to your actual job, and it started out in a team, right? right. But a couple of those team members all left. They left the company, mm-hmm. and so... And we, we don't have enough money to pull in more people right now. So it's it's just me. And it is kind of weird because you're used to being able to collaborate with other people and, you know, bouncing ideas off of each other in order to make the product better. And now I'm sitting here just like, oh, man, what do I do? Like, I don't have anybody to talk to in some cases. It's like I really have to know my my stuff. Otherwise, otherwise the product isn't going to work. Right.
0: Yeah. What kind of led you to your current job now?
1: Um, so one of the guys that I live with, uh, Stefan... Uh, he originally got an internship at Intuit a couple years ago. And we he, he like brought me to a bunch of their intern program stuff that they had on campus. And I thought it was really, really fun, really awesome. And there's a bunch of other people that were in my classes that were also interning with them. Okay. Uh, and I, I spent a lot of time with them. And I think overall, like I just love the atmosphere of the company. And uh, I kind of loved what it was all about. And I hadn't really had the exposure, I think, to tech companies yet. I had kind of a... I had kind of, like, a weird, uh, I think, like, uh, intern, couple internship experiences because I was trying to get my foot in the door, and right. this company, the one, like, into it is the one that I work at now, I think, was my first, like, foot in the door at a real tech company in the Bay Area. Because you
0: were at Livermore Labs, right?
1: For Livermore. I was at, yeah, LLNL, dude, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was kind of a, yeah, that was a whole another crazy <laughs> experience, yeah. that's it. It's really, really weird thinking about it now, because I think at the time, I kind of just accepted it as... Uh, a reality I kind of took it for granted because it, it was like an everyday thing for me but now going back thinking about it and when I tell stories about it uh, it's really really funny like it's not a normal occurrence when you like are driving into your job your, your place of work and there's special operations military you know they're like hand on trigger AK-47's in hand and you're sitting there and you're like you're giving out your badge and you're hoping that they're just going to let you through and there isn't right. anything wrong And I, they're obviously like isn't anything you should be scared about, but it's just freaky seeing that and seeing, you know, some of the things that they have to do to maintain national security. Because right. it's not just a matter of uh, it's not just a matter of security for their like their business or their company mm-hmm. um, or for the the organization itself. It becomes like a national security issue.
0: Right. Right. And especially because you you're there to do what you're doing, maybe know what other people around you are doing, but nothing else. Yeah yeah and there was a lot
1: of stuff that even I had to keep right. quiet about and I even things imagine. that I'm I can't even talk yeah. about on a <laughs> podcast right but there's there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of crazy things like there were some places that was there was pretty much just like like you got to keep your head down and keep walking and like just don't look around like you, this is you signed an agreement to only go to this place and then we're gonna go there and then go back and like that's it and you you do your job you leave and then we're good Wow yeah. and so
0: how does that kind of Tri- does anything literally transfer at all to now working with a private company? And what do you kind of prefer? Like-
1: um, I think that that was a different experience because it was right. the Department of Energy. and mm. It's a federal government agency. And so there were a lot of things I think that they do that's different uh, than a private company uh, per se. But uh, I, I think like along the same lines, I still had a manager. There was a team that I was working mm-hmm. with, uh, albeit I think it was a much smaller team. Um, and we, we were working on uh, applications I think that uh, were a lot different than I think what private companies would be working on, but uh, I think the experience overall, you still get the collaboration, you still get the soft skills, you still get kind of understanding what it's like to talk to a customer. One thing that was really unique about that that I really liked was I got to directly talk to our customers. So I got to go up and do customer interviews with them, literally asking them what it is that they want to see in the product. and. That's something that's unique that I don't think at a big private company you mm-hmm. get to see that, right. um, unless you're at a startup where, you know, you're trying, yeah. you're doing that every day, or, or you know, you're talking to investors every day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so, how did you kind of come about that internship?
1: Uh, it was really, really random. Uh, <laughs> so that's another thing. Uh, I think it's not just me, but I think a lot of people usually whenever they go into the field that they are in, mm-hmm. they might not have a lot of connections in that in that field, and that was truly the case with me. None of my parents have any connections to any computer science stuff, so a lot of the stuff was kind of up to me to figure mm-hmm. out how to do it, and uh, it was kind of just a numbers game. I would go to these the career fairs that Cal Poly puts on, mm-hmm. and um, I think in terms of computer science students and engineering students, I think we're kind of lucky in that sense that there's a lot of companies that come here especially for those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it literally just numbers game like you're just tossing resumes resumes out to everyone and um, one of the one of the funniest things i remember is like i was cuz all the time i was just so desperate like to get right. I, the first two years of school i'm sitting there and i just i just couldn't get a job um, i couldn't get a job i i, I like so over summer you were summer,
0: trying starting freshman sophomore year were, I, I didn't i didn't try as right. hard okay.
1: freshman year but mm-hmm. my sophomore year uh like start i was thinking like i need it. to do mm-hmm. i got to get a job and my parents always are just like, right. you got you to gotta get a job. I don't want you at home. I don't want you here. You're, you're pain in my ass, like kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I went out and I was trying to find jobs and like, it just wasn't working out. Right. It's really hard to get that first step in the door. You're kind of looking for a place that's willing to give you a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I remember just like handing them out. I would go over to companies that like weren't even software companies. Like I went to TI, like Texas Instruments, mm-hmm. And like, they don't even really have that many software positions, but I just went up to them and I'm like, Hey, I use your calculators. Like, (laughs) you have any software (laughs) positions? Huge customer. customer, Like, I use your calculators all the time in class. That kind of strong brand loyalty to you guys. Exactly. And. Uh, I just remember like, is there anything mm-hmm. software related? like do you have a website that like you need a kid yeah. to like work on like that kind of thing? And they' were like, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know, we'll let you know. and I, I didn't get any calls back from them, but yeah. it's it's like that kind of desperation I think is is very common among everybody, yes. right? And mm-hmm. it literally is just you have to risk it for the biscuit, you know you're right. you're you're giving out your resume everywhere and I got really lucky uh, it turned out that like the skills that I had were exactly what they were looking for at mm-hmm. livermore and it turned out also that the guy that was hiring was would have been my manager so he knew exactly the type of person that he was looking for and he was specifically there at the career fair to look for that type of person Interesting. and i i got the interview went through it and was talking to him and it it all kind of just fell into place mm-hmm. and that was really really awesome it turned out to be my first internship <laughs> which may or may not have been the craziest one right mm-hmm. uh, and and that was for six months it wasn't wasn't, okay. wasn't a three-month thing we kind of did it as like a co-op I took my spring quarter off uh my third year in school yeah and then uh worked there spring quarter and then also summer
0: and did that set you off track as far as your flow chart
1: uh, not necessarily. I, I think I was okay. I knew I was going to be here for five years anyways okay. um, and I got kind of lucky and took a lot of AP classes in high school. Mm-hmm. So some of the classes uh, I was able to get out of. Um, so it, it didn't really, I don't think it really had too much of an effect. Mm. Yeah. Did you
0: take summer classes at all online?
1: No, no, no I, okay. I, I didn't take any summer classes either. So I got—I think I got kind of lucky in that regard. Maybe I should have taken summer classes. <laughs> like, I, I, I like looking back at it. I remember my first and second year summers, and I was like, "God, I was such a piece of crap to my parents." You know, it's like I was just lounging on the couch, and like, there's just so much more I probably could have done. It's like now, but life hits. So yeah, 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 up, yeah. Right. yeah, and yeah. You're looking back at it now, and it's just like I just—I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Maybe I got to always like do something, you know, make up for that, right? right? Hey, but you're <laughs> yeah.
0: living great now, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, Give yeah. back in other ways, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: <laughs> so applying for internships, I know it was a bit different with Intuit. You had a little bit of a foot in the door. Was it similar process? Was it a bit different? I mean, I guess just a lot more pressure when mm-hmm. you're looking for a full-time job after college.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think at Livermore, when I got that job, the interview was more geared towards like, are you willing to learn okay. um, rather than... At Intuit, when I was interviewing, they were looking for somebody that, like, kind of knew what was going on, right? And they kind of wanted somebody that at least knew some some kind of, like, had some kind of skills in the software space because they wanted somebody that they could kind of morph into an expert, right? Rather than, like, just trying to teach you uh, software principles. Right. So I think the interview was a lot more intense, Um it was a lot more technical, uh, and I remember the interview. Half of the interview being just purely technical, which was like designing algorithms, problems. How do you optimize them? Um, and like, what? Yeah, what? What can you do to like make this problem better? Kit, like, what are all the different angles that you can see it from? Are you testing it appropriately? Are you making sure that like you're not you're not making any mistakes? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. And then there was the whole other aspect, which was like, uh, do you fit the culture of our company? And you obviously, like, I think I remember, like, going there and I was, like, I was studying up on all the different core mission statements and things like that of Intuit because you want to go in, like, understanding what the company was like and hoping that your ideology was going to fit with that.
0: Yeah. And what's the best way to prepare for something like that? I mean, with any interview, with any company, you know, are you just looking online, seeing the mission statements and all, or?
1: Yeah, dude, doing that and, and. Asking people that went through the process yeah. before okay. you is like a big thing too, and just getting as many tips as possible—it right. uh, never hurts getting more opinions. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, just whatever, whatever you can do to, like, kind of get that edge. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it sometimes I guess like it could feel like you're cheating the system a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, hey, it's open to everyone. It's Anyone open to everybody. It. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. It's really weird because I, I think there's there's a lot of luck also involved in a lot of finding jobs. Right. It's whether or not you're in the right place at the right time as well as are you the right person for the job. So that's a, that's like what's really crazy is like you could be the perfect person for the job but just not end up getting it because it wasn't the right place, wasn't the right time, right? right. You just Things didn't fall into place. Or you could be right place, right time but not fit the you know, type of person that they're looking for. So you want to make sure you're trying to mesh those two ideologies together so that you don't give the company a reason to not hire you, I guess, right? You you want to always give them a reason to hire you. And did you have,
0: like, mentors, maybe even students that had kind of gone before you or, you know, any connections at, you know, Livermore or even with Intuit now? Do you have, you know, mentors that kind of really help you with what you're doing through all these different processes?
1: Yeah, I think... um, not so much for Livermore, but I think when I worked there, I started to get people that were mentors to me when I was there, right? And I think it's the same way at Intuit as well. Um, and it, I, I kind of just think we're all mentors to each other. It's like so, like the most cliche thing to uh-huh. like, say, like somebody listening to this podcast is gonna be like, "Oh God, that's it! I'm turning it off." Right? Like that. Oh, geez, that was the last straw. But uh, it's so true though. It yeah, it's so. It's uh, it's like a cliche way to say it, but we're all kind of in in the uh, in in the trench together right mm-hmm. you know you're you're kind of uh no one knows like a, how to do they, it yeah like a really funny thing we, we like tell each other we go out to we'll go out to lunch and then uh, we finish lunch go back to work and it's like well back to the salt mines you know it's like you're, you're going back to the grind <laughs> mm-hmm. and because we all understand that and we're like connected by that we're kind of each other's mentors and I think we're trying to do whatever we can to boost each other up and making sure that uh each one of us is having the best experience possible because right. um, if one person doesn't have a good experience that that uh, how they feel about it can kind of be like this domino effect on everybody and if they feel bad somebody else might feel bad and then you kind of get this overarching um, uh, you know like ideology that you know everybody starts having this bad mindset mm-hmm. um, on your team and, and in the company and then and then you're kind of screwed after that so you want to do whatever you can I guess as a cohesive group to maintain motivation, maintain like a, the spirit, you know, okay. that kind of thing. Spirit in what you're doing, spirit in the product. Yeah.
0: So what's the day-to-day look like for you?
1: Uh, a lot. Okay, this is this is also something that I really wish I did know, but there's a way more meetings than I thought I was ever going to have. When you go into software, you're like, okay, I'm learning to code. But nobody ever tells you that, ha- like, sometimes half of your days are, are just purely meetings. Like you're just sitting around and talking to people trying to make decisions, which is just like the craziest thing. And sometimes you're just sitting there, you're banging your head against the table, like God, oh my, like let me, let me just go work, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I think that's just kind of like a byproduct of the system. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's just something that has to happen, which isn't really what you uh, think about when you get into that field. You kind of think, hey, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm learning the code. I'm gonna try to like code that's like what I want to do right you kind of don't go into it like oh I want to take meetings all day long right (laughs) like oh yeah I want to be a computer programmer because I just want to have three hour meetings every Uh Tuesday right like that's that's not what you're in it for but it's a it's a byproduct of the system that uh, you just have to do those things in order to get consensus in order to make decisions and when those decisions are made then you get your heads down time to be able to go and work but Mm -hmm. um, yeah it's yeah my day to day I think is it's meetings it's uh, whatever coding that I have that's outstanding is is, is is I can go heads down and like work on that, uh, and then I think like part of my day has to do maybe with like a little bit of design. Like if I'm uh, working on a feature that's coming up, uh, I might you know spend a little bit of time like thinking about how I'm going to implement this feature, uh, and then running that maybe by like our architect or something like that, and maybe just having conversations around that kind of stuff and. It kind of, it varies, right? Like half of the, half the job is, is talking to people and half the job's coding, I really think. So, um, yeah, that's the soft skills are way more important than I, than I thought they were.
0: Right. And so when you got hired, did they kind of set you on a track where, you know, you can get promotions and all and do that, or are you kind of in a design little, um, role in the company? And Um, do you have people below you at all? And how many people like above you?
1: Yeah. So... In my current position, yeah, they 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 give us kind of like these packets of information that are like, hey, this is this position, this is what you do at this position. They're all really vague. They're like, have cross cross functional skills between this 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 and the other thing. And it's like, okay, yeah, I know some of these words, kind of thing. Like, yeah, (laughs) but uh, those they're kind of just guidelines, like vague guidelines, so that you can like apply some of the things that you've done and like try to make them fit those guidelines and. As you start to gain more responsibilities and you start fitting all of those guidelines, that's when you're like, "Hey, okay, I'm ready for a promotion." Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's so kind of so. Do you have a lot of
0: freedom to kind of work on your own as far as projects and all? Uh,
1: it kind of depends. I, I think right now, I, I don't right. mm-hmm. <laughs> just because like fresh, a, a lot yeah. of people have well, a lot of people have left the company okay. too, like in my team specifically. So we are very very shorthanded and that kind of silos some of us. Uh, so I'm kind of stuck on a project mm-hmm. because there just isn't anybody else that can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a little bit of job security, right? But yeah. at the same time, it's like I have an interest in doing a lot of things and uh, n- I might not get that opportunity right now to right. work on those things, which uh, kind of sucks. Uh, so yeah, um, but in terms of, yeah, in terms of like promotions and things like that, like they they have like guidelines that you can follow mm-hmm. as you start fitting those roles and everything then. Uh, you can get promoted. People have different ideologies around, like, timeline. You know, like, like you should work here for about this long before you get promoted sort of thing. But um, I, I think the more general guideline is kind of like your effort level and whether or not you fit that position. If you have the skills, there kind of isn't a reason why somebody wouldn't promote you. So I think that's, that's what it is. You try as hard as you can to put in the work to fit all of the... Um, you know, the categories, you know, yeah. at, once you fit all the categories, then they put you up for a promotion and then kind of go from there. Um, and I don't think I have anybody that's underneath me yeah. per se. Uh, there were like, there were some people that were sort of working underneath me uh, just because I was kind of leading the project, but uh, there isn't anybody working under me right now. But it's
0: a lot of collaboration among the
1: company. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. more, it's more kind of like we're all at the same level yeah. and we're all kind of, we kind of have hands in each other's products. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just trying to help each other, you know, ele- elevate each other's work to make sure it's the best that I can be. Awesome. Um, but there's always people that are higher than me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of levels in between me uh-huh. and the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So where do you see yourself going for the next few years or so?
1: Um, that's, that's the big question. Uh, yeah. always the question, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think a lot of the conversations I've had with, people recently um, have been, one, me trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing, right? (laughs) So it's like having that conversation with people also helps you realize what you want to do. And uh, I think I do want to stick at like a bigger company for a little bit longer just Mm -hmm. because there is, uh, there's a lot to learn from that. And then uh, I think also I kind of just want to accumulate at least some kind of like uh, stable wealth so that I can go off and kind of do things on my own. So uh, when I feel like I have kind of a, enough invested and enough kind of on the side, enough saved up, uh, then I kind of want to jump into doing startup companies and, and uh, see where that takes me. Because uh, you need a whole different skill set when you join a startup company. And uh, if you don't have that skill set, you have to learn it. <laughs> you get kind of forced into learning, and I think that would be a really cool opportunity. And maybe it goes somewhere, maybe it doesn't. And
0: being up in the Bay, do you see a lot of that? Like a lot of your friends and all doing different yeah.
1: things? Yeah, uh, I have a buddy who just moved down to San Diego actually to do a startup company, oh. and uh, it didn't—it hasn't worked out so well for him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so far. But uh, hey, that's the but, startup, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it—it uh, it sounds like it's a really cool experience though, and he's having a great time. And he went in as, as CTO like chief technical officer of the startup and it's like seven or eight people and they all this is, this is insane like they live in the in the in a house and that house is their office so it's like you you sleep in like your bedroom okay. right which may be two or three different people you get out you go to the kitchen you grab some food and then you just start working like it's a 24/7 job mm-hmm. and he said it's it's very very stressful but um, He's had to interact with people that he's never interacted with before. He's, he's had to ask people for money, which is crazy, too. It's like you, he's had to go to these conferences and ask investors, like, hey, would you be willing to invest X amount of money in our company? And that's something that, like, you're not going to be able to do at a big company. It's, it's just like a totally different
0: right. skill set. <laughs> and
1: it's, uh, it's like mind-boggling just thinking about it. Because like, I, I sit here and I'm thinking right now, I'm like... I don't know if right now I could go over to somebody and ask him for a million dollars, right? <laughs> like, why? Like, why would you want to give me a million dollars? I wouldn't even trust myself with a million dollars, right? So, yeah, it's uh, just crazy different skill sets, and he's been loving it, uh, even if he hasn't been like making the most money. Right? Um, it's just been something he cares about. Yeah. So, but it sounds like an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. I'd, I, I'd be really down to try it out and see where it goes right
0: definitely well that's awesome dude thank you so much for being on and if people want to if people are listening want to reach out how can they find you are you on linkedin instagram twitter yeah the best uh way?
1: there's uh i'd probably say yeah F- facebook uh facebook. yeah all of the uh all the above like any anything any anywhere anybody can find me uh i'd i'd go through and like list off all the yeah. https colon slash <laughs> you know what i mean right, but, right. yeah uh, I didn't have that all in the description just search up my name on LinkedIn on Facebook wherever and, and uh, send me a message uh, and ask me about anything anything that you want or uh, yeah I or uh, you know I exclusively message on uh, on dating apps so you can also you can get on there and, and <laughs> swipe right, right. yeah <laughs> just uh, just give me a little swipe right there and, you go yeah, all of the above coffee Meets bagel there, there that's <laughs> that's where it's at yeah so, and then D E N I Z is how you spell my first name, and I should be one of the only people in the U.S. that <laughs> has that name, so it should be pretty Dennis, easy to there find. You go. And just don't confuse me with the. Uh, there's a, one other Dennis uh, in the world who's really, uh, who's really famous. He's a famous singer. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> you do coding, not singing. Yeah, might be singing while you're coding, but yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome dude. Well, thank you so much. Cool. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Thank you so much for listening to episode number 2 of Polycast. I have a number of guests lined up to be on the show, so the next few weeks will be very exciting. You can find all episodes on my website at davidkosick.com. I hope you enjoyed the show and stay tuned for more.